0: What's up y'all? Before we get into it today, I am really excited about this interview. Unfortunately, I screwed up the settings on my recording software and I accidentally switched the source for my microphone, so my audio sounds terrible. So I just want to apologize to everybody out there, especially Andrew for screwing up what was an otherwise incredibly amazing interview. I tried to fix it as best as I could, but unfortunately, AI just isn't there yet, so I hope my crappy mic isn't too much for you today, and I hope you can get something out of this amazing interview, because I think it's a really important conversation. I will definitely make sure to check this from now on, before pressing record. I really hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. So, let's get into it. Ready, dude? What's up UX fam? How's your mom and them? Welcome to another episode of Beyond UX Design. I'm Jeremy. If you're new here, welcome to the show. I'm super stoked to have you. And if you haven't done it already, please consider subscribing to the show, whatever you listen to podcasts. If you are a regular here and you feel like you're getting something out of the show, I would really appreciate We're moving a five-star review. That'll help me out way more than you can imagine. And as always, thanks so much to Chris, Siriquan, Stacey, Radu, and Megan for their support. And if you want to join Chris, Sarah Klein, Stacey, Radu, and Megan and help keep the show independent and ad-free, you can become a patron for as little as 3 dollars a month. And if you do that, you'll get some sweet perks for your support. And of course, if you think the show is worth sharing, then I would love it if you told some friends. But I've got a guest today I'm really excited to talk about. We met in the comments about well, I keep telling people this about how amazing LinkedIn is, but it's not, it's not amazing because of the posts. It's amazing because of the comments thread. I love it. We we met randomly. I don't even remember what the post was about, but I remember there was some random thing. I said something about, I think UX education. We are like, oh, dude, let's chat. So then we set up a call and I was like, oh, this guy's great. I want to have him on the show. Andrew's the chief experience officer at Midwestern, a rapidly growing digital product embedded role provider that's been recognized by Inc. Magazine as one of the top 5,000 privately developed companies in in Inc. best places to work recipient. He has over a decade of experience working in the digital and brand spaces in the agency world, and he later founded and sold several tech companies before becoming a consultant. And after joining Midwestern as the VP of Strategy and Experience, he quickly moved into that CXO role. He's been part of the company's rapid growth at the sense. Andrew's passionate about designing products and growing designers as well-rounded individuals. He's also a former Marine, a rock climber, a former MMA fighter, and a proud father of six
1: kids. Six kids, man. I don't know how you do it. I could barely Six do it bro. with two. <laughs> Andrew, welcome to the show, man. I don't know, but all that made me feel so really old, dude. <laughs> ah, get out of here. So that bio, we had I think you said you had like four people write
0: it. You're like four paragraphs yeah. long. I said, let's see what ChatGPT GPT can do. This is me. I've had ChatGPT yeah. write my bios for me almost every episode. That was great,
1: dude. That was
0: awesome. You're welcome to use it. I'll copy and paste, I'll send it to you. I'm gonna you know. steal it. <laughs> Go for it. Is that royalty free. Yeah, no, it's all right. You can you, you know, just give me a little shout all out every time. He's like, Brought to yeah, you by I'll, you know I'll Jeremy and Chad. <laughs> Check them out. behind on son. Like and subscribe wherever you listen. To all right, man. Cool. So welcome to the show. I'm super stoked to have you on. We had an awesome chat a couple of weeks back. Talked about all kinds of stuff. I don't even remember half the crap we talked about. To be honest, oh. But we had a really good conversation. One of the things that struck me, and I, you know, I, I want to hear all about you. Know, you know, we did a little bio, but I want to have you uh, talk about yourself and how you got here. You have such a fascinating journey from the Marines into uh, the creative industry. And it's funny cause my dad, we talked about this my dad was a Marine. So he was a Sergeant in Vietnam. Yeah. And the opposite of a creative person is like the complete opposite. And I guess that was my bias. That was the only frame of reference I really had for Marines. When I hear that there's a Marine in the creative industry, it just, it's like, I'm like, whoa, I don't, that you know blows my mind a little bit. I'd love to find out yeah. about your backstory. Cause you've got a really interesting origin story. Tell us all about it, man. How'd you
1: how'd you get uh, into the into this flow? Yeah, dude, that's funny. There's not there's not a lot. The, <laughs> I run into uh, several folks on LinkedIn. I say several, not very many. There's a few of us out there that are creatives that are well. I don't want to say former Marine, right? Once a Marine, always a Marine. Uh, but so it's funny. There's just a few of us out there. yeah, um, it, it, I was in Okinawa, Japan, dude, and I uh I was watching a movie What Women Want. Do you remember that movie? Yeah, yeah. Mel Gibson. Yep.
0: He could read their minds,
1: right? Yeah, yeah, could, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't that be awesome?
0: Oh, I don't know. Actually, <laughs> I
1: kinda oh, I, I think. <laughs> I mean, I can guess what my wife's thinking, right? Like you're kind of being dumb. Like Yeah, right.
0: Yeah. It all depends how she looks at. We know
1: me. <laughs> the looks at this point, right? So like That's right. It's not gonna hurt my feelings. But yeah, so I would so what women want, Mel Gibson, you know, he's in this, he's in this penthouse. The whole movies, you know, it wasn't really the movie, it was the the context of his job, his role, what he did for a job, right? First of all, he was in a penthouse. I'm from Southwest Missouri, a little town called Carthage. The closest thing we have a penthouse is like the top just, of the courthouse. You could go up into that, right? The little bell tower. That's probably the highest you're getting in Carthage. So when I see a you know, pet house, New York city. And this guy's just spitting creative, right? Just spitting creative. And I was an, I always drew, I was an artist as a kid. It's kind of, it was always been my way to escape just creative and in general. But as a kid, you know, of course I didn't know graphic design or computers or any of those things. My mom got me on to, charcoal pencils and paper and, and watercolor and, and sculpting and all of these types of things. And so that was kind of, I knew that was creative. And so I kind of knew and had experienced that version, but never had seen the, the corporate version of creativity that is marketing, you know, the ad execs, the ad world, you know, there's been movies about this world, right? I mean, there's a reason why y- young men are enamored and 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 women are enamored about the ad agency world. I mean, it's yeah. it's, it's freaking sexy. It is an awesome place to be for a little while, right? For a little while. Yeah. <laughs> you 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 know, you burn the the candle at, at both ends long enough. You know, you're ready to take that experience and move on. However, back to my story. Sorry, <laughs> you remember this about me. You remember it. so. I go into uh, what women want, watch the movie. I'm like, yes, that's a, that's what I want to do. So I get out of the Marine Corps, I don't know, a couple years later. I still want to do that. I looked into just a little bit. I asked the, the lady at Missouri Southern, a little plug, Missouri Southern University right here in good old Joplin, Missouri. I asked the career recruiter there, whatever they call him, career counselor. Is it a career Something counselor? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know where they, they were. I don't know how much counseling she really did because yeah. she was yeah. just like, Yeah, I don't know. Because I asked her what, you know, she asked her if she knew what that movie was, like what job that was. I'm thinking it's marketing, whatever. She's like, Yeah, sounds like marketing and design. You're in. So I did that for a couple of years and got out.
0: And how'd you end up in software specifically? I mean, you're advertising. There's, you know, I it's funny because I used to do a- advertising as well, actually, for a while. And it does seem like a logical progression, right? You're doing websites. Those websites turned into more full-fingered apps. The apps turned into, you know, mobile apps and, you know, whatever. How did that transition for you work, getting into software?
1: Yeah, man. I, yeah, it's, I think that it was just organic, I think. I landed pretty heavy on I wanted to go into the digital space early in my career. When I, when I was, I mean, shoot, I remember sitting in school, looking through the first photoshop and you know some of the first photoshop books and some of that kind of stuff i mean back in the day right that's how we learned yeah. we learned out of books Big i think one you and i talking about our trips to book books a million yeah you get, CDs, <laughs> <laughs> you get the cds
0: you get the tutorials on the back of the cd uh, the, the cds in yeah, the back of the right. magazines yeah um I think we were talking about this before it's yeah, a while. it was a wild time to grow. It's weird, man, because like for us, we didn't grow up with all the stuff that kids do today—tablets or the no. phones and the streaming. Like it's funny, just like random anecdote. Like my kid, you know, they're six and six and or seven today, actually, birthday seven and five, and uh, they 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 have streaming. They no concept of a commercial. And when we'll go to my in laws or something, and they have regular TV and they're watching, they like, can we skip this? I'm like, no, they can't skip this. This is it, man. You yeah. gotta watch it. Watch the whole two minutes worth of this crap. Okay. I'm sorry, this is a bit, yeah. I had to deal with it. Now you gotta deal with it. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll skip it when we get I home. Know. You know, but they don't have any, which is actually kind of nice because they don't get to see all the toy commercials. Nice. So, that's true. Home, you know, that's so. true. That's
1: true. Anyway. Or those cereal commercials with the toys in them. Oh, Remember that's right. When we were kids. Yes. They we're man. like, wait, oh, just... what's kicks about to put out? They're about to put out some micro machines. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna to go to Walmart. I'm gonna get my. A... Yeah, they had it right back in the day, and then
0: you never ate the actual cereal. <laughs> oh man! So
1: yeah, and they, this is this transition from
0: from military to you know office life. I know in general. Yeah, I actually work at GE, and we do a lot of veteran outreach, and we have a lot of veterans that will join. Yeah, it makes sense there because we're, we're building jet engines, and a lot of them are former mechanics and former you know people who worked in the Air Force and things like that. But um, I'm just curious, this like office life versus military life. It's got to be a unique, you know. There's a lot of challenges, or a lot of unique things that are totally different from one versus the other but then i'm sure there are things that are similar um what is that like going from you yeah. know, military sitting behind a computer all day and and there are zoom meetings or whatever? it's got to be different
1: gosh it's a little different it's a little different you know it was it was so i, I don't say so long ago you know i'm 43 like you said born in 79 not quite an 80s baby but yeah, it is, you know, it's a different trans it's it's a weird transition, you know, and I'll be honest that I, I and I am about my experiences, you know, after getting out, I dealt with alcoholism to deal with PTSD. I dealt with just all kind, I mean, just especially when you go into uh, situations where you're in combat zones. You know, it's just a whole it's just an elevated way to live your life in those short spurts. That's just kind of crazy. Right. Um, and you can go all kinds of people have all kinds of stories, you know, and, and, um, you know, it affects people different ways. For me, I was able to compartmentalize a lot of the things that I saw and I did. I went through, dealt with whatever it was while I was in, I served with others that unfortunately did not have that same ability to kind of compartmentalize and forget, um, you know, you don't ever forget, you know, crazy things. It doesn't matter what you've done. And, you know, you're not going to forget those crazy things, but you know, we can all as people compartmentalize and some people just don't have the ability to, to do that. So I feel like I always felt bad for those dudes, you know, um, that just mentally, it was just, you knew it was going to be, it was going to be pretty rough, uh, so I, you know, for me mentally, I think it was more challenging coming out than it was like getting. For me, it was like even to this day, dude. Like Matt Johnson, uh, the uh, CEO here of Midwestern. Him and I, you know, he's a he's way younger. He's shoot, he's younger than you. He's I don't know how old he is. He's like thirty three or thirty four. Freaking CEO of this amazing company that we have right now. Uh, really good really good sound dude, man, just solid. And I I look to him for some of those, those early soft skill lessons I didn't get because I was in the Marine Corps, quite frankly. Even to this day, as a leader, as a C-level executive, there are moments where that Marine Corps Sergeant Rice, you know, comes out just a little bit, you know, and I have to guard myself away from that. I love people, so that helps me. Uh, You know, I, I, you know, some people don't, you know, somehow, some people have a hard time, um, with my abrasiveness sometimes, you know, I'm very, I'm a very a b, a b, charge the hill is charge the hill is charge the hill. I set really high expectations. A lot of those things I learned in the ring course, some of them are just my own OCD issues that I have with design or whatever it is, right. Or ADHD, we'll call that out there. Everybody here will see that in this phone call too. <laughs> right. And, and, and that's not a negative. I've learned to spin that to a positive and, and folks can do that as well. So I think for me coming out of the military and into the office environment, I, I don't think it was as abrupt As, as you know, some, I think my experience serving at Red Lobster, like week two after coming out of the Marine Corps and like, I've got people telling me that their stakes are just like, man, that was a rough job to come into (laughs) out of the Marine Corps. That was much more difficult than like surrounding myself with like-minded individuals that just want to go, 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 go and tackle this mountain that is, you know, the SAS space, but. Um, uh, yeah, I would say I definitely had to learn a lot of soft sk- relearn a lot of the soft skills, not necessarily the technical skills, but a lot of those soft skills, uh, dude, I I'm still learning.
0: Well, you know, it's interesting because, because one of the things like I, i I've, I've always been curious about is software tends to be very flat, right? You've got a lot of people sort of not democratized necessarily, but you know, you don't, it's not that top down command and control type of uh, organization yeah. you have in the military. And I'm man. curious, like, it's, can you talk about that a little bit? That top-down command and control, do as I say, don't ask any questions, you have orders, follow them, versus, you know, I want your feedback, I want to know what we're doing right or wrong, and it's more flat. What is that like? And, and can you compare and contrast uh, that a little bit? Because I'm kind of curious what someone from the military thinks about that man. structure. or how is it hard to do? I'm curious. You mentioned
1: the sergeant comes out a little bit. I'm, maybe that's like what you're talking about, but what, what is that like? golly that's a good question bro that's a great question it is different dude it's different man you know i if i look at how i lead my house and how i choose to do that whether we talk about spiritually or you know whatever it is like how i choose to lead my house what i'm learning actually as i get older is like i really need to do more of the same everywhere i'm at right and it it tends to be more of the same as like i need to be softer I need to have grace. I need to, um, you know, do all the things to make sure that I I am speaking to individuals. Um, I, you know, there's color code, there's all the personality tests. That's been a wonders for me, honestly, because I'm very, oh, yeah. like, hey, yeah. what are the facts? What's going on? Like, why is this person not doing this thing? Or why is this person, like, I keep telling this, but like, I don't understand what's going on. And so there's patience involved and there's some of those things that, you know, honestly, it's just like pour yourself into your weaknesses. And that's really what I've had to do. And I'm still doing again. I do that to this day. I mean, I think it comes down to whether you somebody's coming out of the military or school or whatever, and going into, into this thing, like the flat org is totally different. I'll get back to that real quick, but the, the, the flat org is, it is different. It's not, me sit barking order saying, this is getting done. Now, did I do that? You know, yeah, I did that, bro. Yeah, I did. And I screwed up real bad. (laughs) I probably screwed up some designers. In fact, like, honestly, like I've, there's, there's been times where I've realized those things about myself, you know, but as long as we, you know, this, everybody knows this as long as we're intentional and we're self-aware and we're really trying to fix ourselves every day. Am I a better version of myself today than I was yesterday. It's that freaking simple. It is that simple. Am I, and, and, and am I treating everybody around me better today than I did yesterday? And for me, that is one of the challenges I've always had. Right. Is like, I love people, but I also love myself too much. And I love my own opinion too much. And I love <laughs> like, no, just do this. Cause it's the way, well, it could be a really good way, dude. But your point probably is a flat orc is so much better. And that is something I've learned over time. It's like, dude, it doesn't matter if it's the the intern that sat in with us for six weeks and we're in a brainstorm session where I've got the whole team and nobody's coming up with something out of the corner. Intern says, whatever this magical thing is that you know, popped out of their mouth. And we're like, okay, let's go. Right? So you've been a part of that. You know, I don't. I think humility goes a long way in this industry, and it's something I have to learn daily, bro. Well, you know, the, the thing
0: I've – because, I again, I was never in the military, but, you know, growing up with a dad who was a sergeant in the Marines, you almost feel like you were sort of limited a little bit, right? Um, you know, yeah. at least the boot camp part of it. Uh, and so, you know, when when I see a lot of teams, I, I I don't know. Maybe this is just me, and maybe this is my personality. But, I, I'm on a lot of these flat teams and, and my current team is as much better. But in the past I've worked with other teams and I'm like, yeah. you got be whiny baby, like shut up, get your work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and I yeah. feel like oftentimes, I don't know, maybe that's just my dad coming through, but you know, there's, there's, there's times I feel like, you know, I don't, know, maybe this is an unpopular opinion, but there's times when the flat structure works really well. In the case, you know, you're brainstorming in a, in a room. But then there's times that you just got to get your stuff done. You, there's times to execute. There's times to build and get that thing shipped. And there's yeah. you know we decided what we're going to do. We're not changing our mind again. It's time to move forward because we're never going to make that deadline if we don't. You know. And so it's interesting because I feel like having that experience with the top down, you've probably seen the valley because there's not. It's not that there's no in top down. Obviously, there's a reason why the military is like that. But in in a lot of these, I don't call them soft teams. You know, soft software teams where people are just like, well, we want to have a say and blah, blah, blah. And I'm curious, like, how do you manage that? Because I'm sure sometimes you see like the value in just getting things done. But then, you know, like you said, there's also value in the flat pink. But I don't know. I'm curious. Does that make sense? I don't even that's not really a question. But <laughs> oh, it does.
1: Dude, it totally does, man. It does make sense. I think that it's it's a hard question, right? Because the right answer is the the politically right answer is <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I'm going to use my soft skills and, and my empathy and my grace. I'm going to mm-hmm. kumbaya with the team. And every single day is going to be blissful. And, and everybody's going to agree. And we're going to work in a flat org. And it's going to be amazing. That doesn't happen all the time, right? And I think that's, you know, that's, that's where you're getting to. And I think that, dude, I'll say this. In the military, you know, it, it's like it is different in life, it's different. You know, where do we lead? You know, I think every leader has to come to this point. And whether we're talking about leader or or somebody that is serving alongside with that leader in their in that in that team, um, everybody comes to a point where they realize for me, I realized even, even after the Marine Corps, how important leading from the back actually is. And in meaning that like, yes, I can, you can be a top down org and yes, I have a lot more seniority than 98% of the folks in this company, but that doesn't make me a better person. That didn't put me in front of them. That doesn't like, As a person, you know, I think I really try to ensure that um, people are seen, you know, heard um, and felt within an organization. And if you're the only way to do that is from the back so that you can see everything that's going on. So essentially, I'm going to lay out the plan and it is going to be expectations mainly, right? But because I built that trust up, I think, I hope, with my team from leading from the back where they know that Andrew might get a little bit loud in a meeting when he's super passionate about something. But you know what? They know it's because I'm passionate about getting results for our clients and them getting results for their own growth. And not just their own growth here, but they understand that I give a crap about them outside of here. And I care about them as people. But I've got them on a career trajectory, right? I ask every one of them, you know, sure, they're working for us right now, but everybody has dreams. Everybody has aspirations. We had them. So I think if you're walking alongside your team and they feel seen, they feel heard, then they're going to feel led. And they don't need to feel led in an org chart. They just need to feel like, The people they know are way above them in an org chart, treat them like they're part of their team. And I think that companies moving forward that find the most success in this industry, especially right, because of these flat boards that end up happening within product teams, right? There could be there's a lot of egos that need to be left at the door. There's a lot of uh teaching that can be happening you know we we complain about man i could go into i'll stop i'll stop because i could go into institutions that need to do a better job teaching and prepping the kids that come out if
0: you've got an insight share it go ahead don't let me stop you well i just say you're talking about uh, colleges and stuff universities or boot camps or yeah yeah, we we're talking about the boot camps earlier. That was like kind of our, our the top big topic of our call a couple of weeks ago. Oh, was it? Um, but wait, what are your thoughts there? I'm curious. Um, talk about that a little
1: bit. Yeah, go ahead. Man. I I think that like along the lines of what I was saying oh, oh, around you know rallying around your troops, your team, and ensuring that they, they that you know they feel like they're part of the team and they know they're part of the team and they show up every day excited to work. We have those teams, and it's because we created a culture that's not a, for the sake of saying we have a culture in the tech space like everybody else. We have a culture that cares about people first. So if we truly have that, and we're talking about product companies and getting results, right, it doesn't matter what company we are. What We could be the biggest, the smallest. It doesn't matter, Right. We're not all rowing in the same direction. We don't check egos at the door. But really, if those juniors coming in can't, the intern in the corner can't say the thing because he doesn't know to say the thing because he hasn't learned the thing, then he's not going to say the thing. And right now, there's a big issue, a really big issue with like there's a there's a lot. I'm going to put a caveat. There is some really good schools out there. Okay. I've written on this before. There are really good, really, really good schools out there, but I would say 95% of all school systems out there teaching anything related to our world, marketing, right? Marketing's involved, uh, even business. Like we're we're ha- we're holding a contest here locally with universities to match up the product teams because they're oh, isolated; well. they don't even know their product teams. So we're holding a contest, joining. Different college engineers with designers to hopefully get them to understand like, hey, in the real world, it's the teams that we're talking about, right? But if if, if we're not educating them on how to start their job, right? We see it on LinkedIn and God love them. I love them. I want them to all have <laughs> jobs. I'd love to hire them. I want to, I want to, I want to. But at the same time, I got to have qualified individuals. And unfortunately, I'm not seeing a ton of qualified individuals. Now there are some. We've interviewed them. Shoot, we've hired some straight out of boot bootcamp. Uh, we got a kid here, Vegas. Vegas is amazing. That's his nickname because he's from Vegas. But Vegas well <laughs> is exactly <laughs> who you think he is. Vegas is vegas dude i mean the guy just like he skydives all the time and right now oh, wow. he's in denmark doing something crazy who knows what he's doing over what? Denmark. A good time. hired right out of hired right out of boot camp so it's not that we don't agree it's like yeah like send us all you have that are qualified right? right and i think that's a big issue within product teams right now and that means that we all have to leave ego at the code check. I think that's even on our new website we just lost in messaging. It's like, we have to leave our ego with coat check. Like as leaders in a product company. Because if we don't, they're not going to learn. They're not going to open themselves up to be vulnerable and say, I don't know these things. Because everything's moving so fast, they can't catch up. And guess what? We eat them up, spit them out. Eat them up, spit them out. How about we bring them on, grow them, and let them blossom into what they should right now i think the problem is as product companies we don't spend enough time with the individuals we're getting who may be unqualified right or we're not spending enough time vetting the qualified i mean it's the reason why midwestern's blown up the way it has we serve people right not products and everybody that does business with us is going to say the same thing it's just a different model man it's just a different way of doing business and it's I love it. It's going to be around for forever.
0: I hope hope that's true for sure, man. You guys are doing some good stuff. One of the things that, I, I as you were talking, got my mind kind of thinking was, you know, the way that the U.S. military works today is probably way different than it did 50, 60 years ago. When I talked about that top-down command and control, that's probably a little bit of a misnomer. I mean, if you think about, you know, non-commissioned officers, NCOs, they're given quite a bit of ability to do what they think they need to do in that moment uh-huh. and they're not waiting for yeah. generals to say go and go move to the left go 100 yards here you i'm thinking about like the warden Ukraine, for instance like we've kind of trained the ukrainian military to be more tack on the ground they make decisions and then you look at russia and it's they're waiting around for the general in the corner office somewhere to tell them to go you know pick their nose or wipe their ass and of course yeah. they're losing and you yeah. know i think about that and you know, I mentioned top, it's not really top down. It's the people, you know, certainly there's a level of do, as I say, you have orders, but there's also a level of figuring out what you need to do in that moment. And you're given some sense of autonomy to make the right decision you for your team. Right. So maybe it's, it's not, you know, point. it's not. maybe there's not as much, uh, this, maybe it's not so dissimilar after all. I don't know. What were your thoughts about that?
1: Dude, that's a great point, man. I don't, I never thought of it that way. I, I will say yeah, there's a lot of autonomy given, but that trust is built, right? Mm-hmm. It's like five Dysfunctions as a team. There's a reason it's one of the best business books ever written. First rule, trust. You you have to have trust in every relationship to go any further. It's just human nature. And so, yeah, I, I agree. Dude, that's such a great point. Because once you have that trust, right? I didn't make... I'm not the guys out there, dude. I watch these podcasts, man. I got some heroes out there, you know, some of the, yes. Yeah. I'm not going to name any names, but there's really, really amazing bets out there. They're doing some freaking awesome podcasts, and I listen to all those guys. I am not that guy. I'm just saying <laughs> that, but I was in the military. I saw combat. I saw those things. And I'm kind of the regular Joe guy that comes out of the Marine Corps and just wants to have a good life and, and, and uh, make a good life for his family. And so I will say that, A lot of those guys, man, had even way more autonomy than I ever had, right? But in the same regard, yeah, sure, I had tons of autonomy because that trust was developed by my platoon sergeant, or, you know, I don't, you know, all the way up to company leaders to to get put in charge of, you know, a squad or a platoon or whatever it is, right? So there is autonomy. I was never in charge of a platoon. I was never, I was an E5, right? So, um so i don't ever want to pretend that i was something i wasn't but what i did learn in the marine corps was invaluable to me honor courage and commitment those three words still to this day are like part of my life that's what i learned in the marine corps and it's funny like they drill it in your head in boot camp over There's just some of those things that you learn that you just carry throughout your life, you know, the situations that you were in and all those things. So, yeah, you develop that trust. I think there's a lot of that to it. And there is, is there's a ton of, uh, now that I'm looking at it that way too, yeah, there, there is actually some pretty good crossover um, from that perspective. Yeah.
0: Well, you mentioned something too, you know, you have expectations and you set expectations, yeah. you let your team figure out how to do it. I feel like it's very similar to the way I, at least our modern military tends to work, where you know, you've got the level higher up. They set an expectation. We're going to achieve this goal.
1: Listen. How
0: you figure that out, how you do that on the ground, whatever makes sense for you, do it. But that's the expectation. Yeah. You're going to do it by this time, or this day, whatever. You're going to have this same name. You know, and I think that's sort of the other thing, too. That what, one of the things I, I sort of, I don't know, envy is maybe the wrong word, but in the military, I, I've seen so many people in software teams and just complain. They complain, 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 complain. And, you know, they... I'm thinking about advertising, too. You mentioned advertising. I used to work in advertising, and it is a stressful, miserable job. You mentioned how sexy it is, but for a short amount of time, right? Yeah. You get burned out sure. really quick. And I, I have so many of these people that I've worked with in the past that are coming out of school, and their first job ever is yeah. at this giant corporation with fat benefits, unlimited PTO, barely any deadlines. The deadline might be six months off, and they're complaining. And I'm like, shut up up, you have no idea how good you have it, you know, and I imagine like in the military, it's kind of one of those things too, like you don't, you don't just complain, you might, you might bring up an idea you have an idea, but you're not going to complain it, you know, and I feel like that's sort of one of those things, like I, I imagine you might miss <laughs> coming from the military, Is just, I don't know the plus whitey babies maybe, so I I don't know, you might no. not have any people like that in your team but anyway,
1: I've, I've experienced that in the past There's a, there's a lot of truth to that <laughs> There's a lot of truth to that You know <laughs> I think one thing the military gave also gave me the ability to do do at the same time. I think if you allow yourself to harness the ability to learn from your experiences while you were in the Marines and really reflect on what those were, right? Or military in general, we're talking about the Marine Corps, but military in general, right? I think, you know, some some individuals have a really easy ability to self-reflect, some some individuals have don't have i think the marine corps does help you kind of push you to to learn how to self-reflect um you know the consequences the the consequences for negative outcomes in the marine corps are much graver than that in product obviously so i think it just instills several things so i have adhd it is what it is. You know, at this point I've learned to freaking deal with it, but, <laughs> um, you know, I can get scattered in the Marines. It, there were in the very beginning, it was tough. It was really tough for me. Oh, man, I yes. just, I didn't even really, you know, it was one of those things I heard I had ADHD, but my parents were like, yeah, you don't have ADHD. So I never really got, you know, it was back in the day when you know, you, you didn't want your kid to have, be medicated or have exactly. ADHD. Yes. Honestly, it's yes. really what it oh, was, yeah. right? He sort of. was like, oh, my kid's the crazy kid in caught. Well, no, he actually is. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Not so, after we give him those meds. <laughs> Man, you go off topic for a second. I, I think we talked about this and when we first talked a month or so ago. But yeah, I yeah. you know, my, I got diagnosed with well, he was ADD at the time. Now it's ADD. Yeah. ADD back yeah. in the day, and I had an uncle who was a counselor, and he was like, "Don't give this kid." Drugs, just like give him something to do. You know, so I started playing drums and stuff, which was great. I had yeah. another kid in my class, this student, Andrew. They would, they, you know, the morning he'd be like literally just out of his mind. Like, just like you said, he'd be running around the class. And this was Catholic school. So, like, you know, you don't run around the class in the Catholic school. This isn't no Montessori or anything, right? And he's like running no, around.
1: You're getting a really face. Yeah. And
0: they would just, you know, give him his mess and he'd be just like, like, just out, dude. Just sit in a chair, zombie, straight ahead, you know. And I just dude. like, thank God my parents didn't give me the drugs because I just, I don't know yeah. where I, I might be a totally different person today, to be honest, if I was like, I agree you know, on this, you know, and now I know they give, they, you know, they, they changed the dosing so they don't give me you as much now and and yeah. stuff. But anyway, back in the day, it was just like, oh, here's this like eight pills, whatever I did, whatever it was. Anyway.
1: You're so right, though. You're right on that, dude. Like, I, I think had my parents giving me medication, I wouldn't have had to deal with, like, I had to learn to cope with it. Like, yeah, yes. you know, yeah. whether it's being made fun of cause you can't keep your attention <laughs> or whether it's, you know, cause that's, you know, I mean, kids are freaking mean. You know, no, they're, they're mean kids assholes. Terrible, right? Like they're just. You got mean. six of them. You dude. should know. About me. You know about that. I, I got six, dude. <laughs> they can be mean. Now, we've been pretty lucky. We 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 got one little mean spirited one, but um, she's growing out of it. So <laughs> But yeah, dude, what were we just talking about?
0: We were talking. So I, I, that, that was my fault. I did the AD, ADD thing, and I went off Dang, on a tangent. Dude, we, uh, you were
1: so good. You might not. You might not have had to cut anything, bro. <laughs> Yeah, am not cutting this. I'm rolling. leaving it in, this,
0: this is staying in there, dude.
1: Yeah, it don't matter. This keep is it staying in, in there, there,
0: right? I'm keeping it there. It's just showing that ADHD. Anyway, all right. I got another question. What was reset, reset, reset? All right. So, one of the things I'm curious about coming from the military, yeah. I, and I, you know, again, I've never been to boot camp. My dad used to tell me, though, all the time about boot camp, Marine boot camp, specifically. But again, this was late 60s. So, who knows if it's the same yeah. when you went through But one of the things they would do, they would tear you down. To just build you back up to the soldier they wanted you to be, and you you know you almost lost your personality. They they wanted you to conform. And one of the interesting things about being a creative is we we really just you know treasure this uniqueness. Everyone's unique. Everyone's different, different perspective. But I'm curious, what was that like? Was that something you had to relearn, like find your own unique voice and creative kind of voice again?
1: Yeah. No, I think they do a lot. I think they they still do the the tear down, build up um it's just done differently you know mothers of america have voiced their opinions and and it has become a little bit more docile you know when dude i've heard stories i mean even the drill instructors from when i was in or you hear i mean you hear some of the stories of some of the guys that that we probably both follow um and it's you know it's cool it's it's crazy um and it was a lot crazier back then you know, <clears throat> you can only do certain things. You know, the hazing stuff. I mean, some of those things did happen back in the day. And then, like, by the time I was in, like, the worst they could do is scream at you in your face, you know. And that was, like, but mentally, dude, I'm going to say, and I, I would venture to say most military folks, definitely Marines, are going to say that it's it's more of a mental game than, like, the physical happens. It comes. Even if you go in a little overweight or too little, like me, I was, like, 125 pounds, I was like, they, they, I think they were called like rat rations or something. I had to get extra rations. Like I can eat like 15 pounds of muscle. Like oh, that's so funny. I was so little, they had to just keep, basically feed me. you know, it's like, they're like, you need to grow and you need to not grow. And so they had those folks, you know? And then it was like, so I think that they play the, a, a lot of mind games out and I don't even call them mind games because they're not really, yeah, they are. Some of them are mind games. But it is all to, you know, we're all forged in fire. You know, there's all kinds of sayings that you can say, but we do, you know, you know in the military that if repetition, 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 and if there are consequences to negative results, you are going to be punished in some way, some shape or form, right? And I think that's the, the accountability piece Oh, that is a little bit of what's frustrating. That's not missing, honestly, in product. But you can build that your own. And you asked, have you had to to change your design, your methods or whatever? I'd say I haven't changed anything really. Like design, I just continued. I'd probably be passionate about design until the day I die because I'm passionate about art. I love art. I still do art today. Um, so I think I'll always be passionate about that. But when it comes to like... I'd say leadership is really the thing that I look at, and there's so many contrasting differences that I've had to put into place. You know, everything from how I guard what I say to different personality types to how I make sure that because of my ADAC or some of my communication that I can struggle with some communication sometimes. So I want to make sure I get those things out in writing folks there's a lot of little things that i've had to do whether it's marines or other than other reasons that i've had to do personally to try to become and i don't i'm I'm not there uh try to become a better leader but i do think that uh it is the accountability piece that becomes challenging especially when Mm -hmm. because it's true dude like and most of the folks that I deal with haven't dealt with close to what I've dealt with in my life. And I'm just being open and honest. That's just facts, right? And so in the beginning when I got them, it was tough for me, right? It was like, what do you mean? Like, I would even do that. Like, what do you mean? What are you <laughs> done like, And I mean, I got a dude that works for me now, Oscar Gonzalez. He worked for me way back in the day when I owned an agency in this town before I sold it. I hi- I rehired Oscar and I was, I apologized to him on his first day, dude, because I was like, bro, I know I was hard. <laughs> I know it was hard. He's good now though. Hey, or is in fire, baby, but it, it works. It doesn't need to work. You know, there's other ways to accomplish the same thing, but accountability has to be there. And to me it was like things that we've done to put in like the growth plan if I know their career trajectory, they they know they know that I can help them with that, and I and I care. If I know where they're at at all times, and I'm giving them constructive feedback, we think that sounds simple, and we all have reviews and check ins and all that. But is it intentionally being done to serve the employee, not the the company? Maybe, maybe it's not. I don't know. So we do it uh, a little bit different, and and I've done a few things like that. There's probably a ton more that I've done to really just try to take as much of that away from my leadership and insert as much empathy and grace as I possibly can. So
0: I'm curious, like for somebody coming out of the military, that's interested in giving into a creative industry, do you have any advice on how to find your voice again, find your, your, you know, very unique perspective?
1: Yeah. Reach out. Like literally I tell, I tell Military and marines all the time uh one one way they can do is reach out um I have a lot of connections a lot i I've, I've connected with a ton of marines over the last six months. you and I kind of talked about that that's what kind of kicked this off right it was like we we learned the the secret sauce in commenting and, and connecting with like-minded individuals and like dude, I'd ask them to do the same thing get get active uh with within a group of other military folks that you know, it sounds goofy. Nobody wants to do that when they're coming out of the military. Last thing I wanted to do was talk about the military when I came out of the military. Hell, it took me years to wear Marine Corps garb. Like, I just was like, you know, it's just kind of one of those things. I think, honestly, they need to take it seriously. They're coming out of the Marine Corps and a lot. No, they're like, I'm getting out of the Marine Corps, and I'm going to call because I'm going to do this thing and get a plan, man. Get a plan. Get a plan in place. And I'm seeing some man, some of these guys are doing some cool things. There's, you know, not every, my job didn't allow for it. It might've allowed for a little bit of school. Like, you know, if I wanted to do some online classes, different jobs have different abilities to, to do things like, you know, in their own time, uh, in their liberty time, is what they call, it, in, in their libo. So, you know, doing some schools, doing some classes, finding what you, if you think tech is something that you want to do, I would tell them to to really research it, get into it, and really understand like where they might be best suited, right? like everybody wants the the this job or this job or this job really try to figure out what you know what your skill sets are, where they lie and and what role that that might look like. I'd be happy to talk to them about what that might look like given you know some examples of their skill sets or whatever. Uh, but dude, I would say, you got to research what you're going to get into before you get out and shoot, try getting into it before you get out there. Like I said, there's a couple of guys I've talked to. They've heard, they've had jobs freelance for a year or so while they're in the Marine Corps. So that's awesome. So there's a lot of things folks could do, but I would say the same thing we learned in the Marine Corps about preparedness and just being prepared for that. And whatever that Hill is, we're, we're to charge like just make sure you got your ducks in a row line out of school or line out of, Line out at a uh, boot camp or something like that. The one thing I'll say is like, you can't ever teach work ethic. I'm gonna say that again. You can, you can, you can enforce work ethic, and you can try to teach people to get there. But like, I cannot instantly tell you. Just like I can't convince you of something that you don't believe right now, right? It's gonna take time to get through that to educate you and to get you to where you understand that the same thing goes for this right like it's going to take time
0: you just mentioned something i i just want to call out i think this is really really awesome metaphor that you know in in the marines they they teach you how to you know physically march up you know, the concrete hill right and you have to prepare for the physicality of that hill. there's also some mental you know with, with in a totally different type of mental um, preparedness but in this case, it's all emotional, right? And it's like a mental hill to climb it. There's not much physicality to it necessarily, right? I mean, a little bit maybe, but it's it's a, it's a hill. It's a different hill. Prepare for the nil. Prepare however you can to, to climb that next hill because that next hill is probably going to be very emotionally challenging, especially right now in the tech industry, with layoffs, and it might take a while to find a job. So, you know, that is emotional and taxing. Um, and I know, you know, Marines don't like to think about emotions and, and all that stuff, right? But, you know, this is kind of something really interesting to think about, though, like climbing that emotional hill versus that physical hill.
1: Yeah, dude. Uh, that's pretty spot on. I mean, it it is going from, yeah, then that is the biggest transition, mental. Your biggest transition coming out of the military is going to be mental. And so, like, yeah, the more you can do to prepare your your mental spiritual side of like getting out and and your is gonna be there. I mean, unless they just I imagine most Marines are pretty, pretty physical. physically <laughs> for the most part. I mean they were cooks. They can take care of themselves. I don't know, you know, I don't know. I'm not gonna judge anybody, but
0: <laughs> you know,
1: yeah. um uh, yeah, dude, I think there's a lot to that but it's the emotional intelligence that we didn't really gain in the Marine Corps. The emotional intelligence is really what I've had to learn for the, for the last, you know, however long it's been 20 years, almost 20 years, you know? And I'd say that's been the biggest uphill battle for me was the emotional intelligence that it takes to have empathy, to, to teach and to grow as opposed to like command and demand, you know, it's like, you know, I want, I want, I want the best out of them um, so they can get the best out of life. You know what I mean? So let me ask you this. Yeah, bro. From
0: your perspective, what are the best roles in tech, software, agency life, whatever, for veterans? Is, I mean, I know veterans are not a monolith. Obviously, Um, Everybody's kind of unique in their way, but are there specific roles that we found where, you know, if somebody is coming out of the military and thinking about getting into this industry, are there roles you think they should look at that they might be better suited for versus others? Dude,
1: for sure, man, I, I, this is actually something I, to, I think about, uh, you know, as I've been talking to some of these military folks is like, I, I think it depends on what they did while they were in, what experiences they gained. Some folks learn in the office, some are in the field, they don't learn anything that's going to transition over. Um, so I do think it's, there's a little bit of that, but I, I do think that within, so agency world, it sounds amazing and you know what, I had a good time, but it was a long time. And it was a long time and a short time, dude, it'll, it'll, it just burns you out. So, Hey, if you want, if you want to, I will say this, if you want to learn all the things, go to a small boutique agency and be there, everything, um, for two or three years. And maybe that, maybe that's the way. now the stress of that or dealing with people in that right out of the core, probably, I don't know if that's. Product is where it's at for me. Like I really think that engineers and product designers or UXers, the way that we think and the processes we use and the systems we use and the team, the camaraderie that see, that's you know that's a that's a missing piece that I that we haven't really talked about. That's like there's a huge piece of the Marine Corps. It's like that mental thing. Like I said, was like really one of the biggest when you come out of the military. The other thing is the lack of camaraderie, I think is probably the top two in in my book. I mean, there's plenty of people that might say otherwise, but I would just say for me, it was that com. I missed that camaraderie. I didn't know it right when I got into some of the sports later on and things like that. That's where I really realized like I was missing that, right? I was missing like when I, uh, yeah, when I did other things, I was missing that camaraderie. And so, yeah, I would say that that, that, that team environment within product for engineers and product designers and UXers, dude. Project management, yes, especially if they're not really technical people, but they're really good at managing people, right? Like, I mean, we've learned a lot of really good skills about leading folks. Now, we may have to flip that and reverse it a little bit and make sure we're not raging out on folks, but it's one of those things, yeah, I think, yeah.
0: You know, down in New Orleans, we had a, uh, I lived about um, six blocks from the Marine Corps of both facilities, what they were sitting, I don't know how many people they had, but my kids went to school with um, some kids whose parents both actually were Marines, and they both worked at the facility. Um, and one of them was in like supply chain stuff, but but um, the kid's dad, he was actually cybersecurity. So he was, I mean, to me, that's the kind of stuff where it just makes logical sense. You get out of the military and you probably triple, quadruple your salary, working as a, you know, cybersecurity uh, kind of expert somewhere at some tech company or for the government even probably we could, you know, stay as on a, the a civil side, go inside. But, you know, there's certainly, like you mentioned, there's a different depends on the role, obviously. I mean, you know, I imagine somebody coming out of like the Space Force, right? Like they've got all kinds of like high-tech stuff they're learning and that would certainly tra- yeah. uh, translate, you know, to uh, yeah. maybe not even software, but something to, like, you know, civilian satellites or space whatever they call that. I don't even know what you call it. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. What you're saying, I mean, yeah, it's, it's I, I know several people in the military and some of them have been able to get like advanced degrees doing oh, yeah, like yeah. Navy. I got a like, friend who's a commander and a, a naval sub. One's like a nuclear engineer, you know, and so obviously these people, they're, they might they maybe I'm a in the software, but you know, yeah, the, the right. opportunities for those advanced degrees, like you said, prepare for climbing that hill. If you can, you know, find something you're into and like, with the military pace for life, Shit, even after if, if they're paying like GI Bill, paid for college or something, you know what I mean. So yeah, there's dude. a lot of opportunities there. I love that you you know think about what you're doing now and, and will it apply? One of the things I meant to ask you before was, is you know these these sort of transferable skills. You know, I don't yeah. know maybe you can speak to that, uh, but like the transferable skills. There's a lot of like those transferable yeah. skills, soft skills that you mentioned. Maybe not emotional intelligence, <laughs> but there's probably a lot of other ones that uh, I imagine you're learning all over the place depending on yeah. your job, obviously, but. You know, a cooked, meal know, potatoes is probably going to learn something very different from somebody working at a nuclear sub or something, yeah. right?
1: For sure. You know, I think the so- soft skills, you know, the thing is like, I feel like sometimes I scare employers off when I'm talking about ex, you know, former military folks coming in, like, it ain't, it's, it ain't like that, I promise, you know, because it's the mentality of one of those soft skills that we were talking about was just like, you're never going to achieve perfection. We understand this, right? But in... The Marine Corps especially, the attention to detail, right? When you get dressed in the Marine Corps, you don't just get dressed. When you fold your underwear in the Marine Corps, you don't just fold your underwear, right? Like this, the real facts. They got a little template. You fold it in a perfect square. You have these inspections. If they're not in a perfect square, <laughs> they wad all your crap up. They throw them the floor. i oh part of them, right? ADHD kit.
0: This is me growing up, dude. Like I yeah. know I said I wasn't in... I never was in the military, but I'm nodding my head because I'm like that was my okay. my dad like would like I yeah. had, you know I said I went to Catholic school and your 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 shirt's not quite you know your your belt is this your shoes aren't shined or whatever you know and it was the same kind of thing my my room was out of place oh my god like he would inspect did, did my room did he make you
1: align your did he yes, make you with align the your belt buckle to the line there to the zipper yeah. Yeah, You know, he would, I mean, he wouldn't like wow.
0: make me, he wouldn't make me. It wasn't like he would beat me if I yeah. did, but he's like, your coat's all, you know, like he would come, yeah. you know what I mean? You're a little lost. Um And I was in ROTC in high school and they would actually inspect and they had to be uh, aligned, okay. but would yeah. helped me with, you know, ROTC out But anyway, yeah, um, yeah, he would do that. And it was, you know, like folding clothes, everything. Oh my God, man. He's, he was, uh, it was a trip. I'll say that. So that
1: attention to detail, dude, right? Like we talk about. We talk about some of the biggest frustrations. I'll just call it out. My biggest frustration is attention to detail because when we're building product, you know, we've got design systems for a reason. You know, there's reasons why we do the process. There's reasons why we go through all the things we do as a team to get this amazing, beautiful thing out. But like attention to detail could kill it all, right? Like it's like, so I will say like, that's something that's in great, you know, even with, some, like, here's, here's the testament to this, bro. Even with somebody like me who's a little, you know, ADHD, right? I mean, attention to detail is not a thing I have a problem with with my work. Now, attention to detail with my calendar, yeah, <laughs> that's another thing. I'm working on it, right? Probably a lifelong journey. But attention to detail with my work, ooh. It's not bad. And the other military folks I've worked with, for the most part, I, they're going to, you know, everybody's different. But attention to detail is one of those soft skills that I think is super invaluable within the product space. The camaraderie and, and being part of a team is another, right? Like you're there as part of the team. And even though, even though it was hard for me to learn some of the soft skills, right? And maybe I was a little bit too abrasive in the beginning, and maybe I can be a little too abrasive now. I've earned that trust with my team, and now I have the ability to like use some of these soft skills and some of the things that I have learned. I, I don't think you can beat military attention to detail.
0: Well, there you know, man, I I, I I would agree with that. Just growing up with my dad, I know that that's the case so for sure. All right, cool, man. So uh, that's pretty much everything I wanted to. Anything um, you think we're talking about that we didn't get a chance to talk about today? We, you want to add anything else? Anything we're missing?
1: Y'all, no, man, not unless you got, some, not unless you got something.
0: You know, I was, I mean, this isn't really like, i look at that and ask you? this isn't really the target audience for our, this podcast. It's generally a lot of junior U.S. designers. One of the reasons why I wanted to have you on, it's about, you know, a lot We talk about career transitioners and things like that. But I am curious, like, if anybody out there is listening, happens to be a hiring manager, which they might not be listening to this, but what, sell us like do the elevator pitch for hiring vets. Why would we want to hire vets? and why would vet make a good uh, option for somebody to think
1: about hiring somebody i'll put it this way i've hired i've hired kids and matt johnson has hired literally kids off the street you can't teach work ethic i said that um you can't really teach passion either and that passion creates drive right and so that's that's a huge piece of of the recipe that drive though that drive i think is a is an important aspect that is learned in the military um uh, the attention to detail that i said um you you know in most cases you're not going to find that attention to detail you're going to get a team player in again in most cases you're going to get a team player um that understands the value of working as a team uh, as as opposed to as an individual out of the gate and i would just say like Back to what I said, like I've hired people out the street, like if I'm going to hire people out the street, wouldn't I give somebody that risked their life for our country a shot? What I do know is the tech skills aren't necessarily the things lacking right now, dude. It is, to me, in my opinion, the soft skills, right? How do I converse in a meeting? How do I communicate? the issues i see in this design in a healthy way how do i do this this this, this this right a lot of those things out of the gate that are the issues with young designers aren't necessarily the same issues when you have again you could talk about somebody coming from the military they're going to be a non-traditional type student even because they've had four years of life not only do they have four years of life they grew up real fast because they were in the military so I think there's a huge difference between and, and I'm not discrediting anybody that's coming out of school. Here's the deal. Work. Work your tails off. Grind it out for the first couple of years. Right. Stay humble. Like don't get this huge ego about your anything that you're doing right now because nothing you know right now is gonna be the thing that catapults your career in your first couple of years, unless you're just a freaking sabbat. And in that case, <laughs> yeah, that was- good for you. Like I would say a lot of those reasons is what I'd say. To any recruiter looking at that, and I'd say primarily it's the last point I made, which is just like, you can get somebody that is younger and out of school and they're probably going to do a good job. But you, there's probably going to be a lot more of the same issues within the soft skill realm as it you continue to have. You give somebody that was former military and has gone through some of the, the training and is going to get, do these jobs, you're going to get something a little bit different.
0: You got some time to stick around for yeah. a little bit. We've got some questions I want to ask and just help all yeah, of our yeah. listeners get to know uh, you a little bit better. You want to be ready to do this? Yeah, man. All right. First one up. What's your favorite non-design book? Oh gosh. Non-design book. Leaders Eat Last. Ooh, that's a good one. I haven't read it, but I've heard it's on my list. It's been on my list for a while. I've never actually read it, but I have heard really great things about it. All right. What's your favorite non-design podcast? obviously your favorite podcast that's not Beyond your ads.
1: <laughs> oh man i shouldn't admit this sorry joe i i said it that way joe rogan's podcast i just i love it man I've he's got some awesome i mean it. he's
0: got some really interesting
1: guests like i don't agree with everything he says but i, I love how yeah. he interviews people i love, I love the right.
0: conversation but yes,
1: yeah. again i don't agree with everything he says i just love the i, I love the format he, he's a little he, you know he's a little off kilter too i love it He's an MMA guy, so I don't know. I right don't.
0: That's all right. No wrong answers here, man. No, all right. What's your favorite meal? And this could be a meal you cooked, a meal your grandma cooked. It could be a meal you ate at a restaurant. Favorite
1: food. Mm-hmm. Oh man, dude. Oh, that's a good one. Probably not an MRE. Best case. Okay, the best. Man, I'm just gonna give. Uh, we'll we'll do a hometown dish. There's there's uh there's. Truffle mac and cheese at Wilder's Ooh. right down the road that you can't get anywhere in this world. I don't think. I mean, who knows? Maybe they would just warm <laughs> that crap up in the back when it's pretty good. So truffle mac, go that. That good, truffle mac and cheese. Sounds good. Wilder's
0: truffle mac and cheese. Oh, man. There's a there's a uh, place uh, out here by us. Uh, so it's mac and cheese bar. And okay. you can, like, well, before the COVID, they had like all the toppings after COVID. You got to tell them what you want on it. But they give you the mac and cheese and you load it up with all the stuff, man. Just like they got pulled pork, they have chicken, they got with onions, mushrooms, whatever, dude. Just hey. all, like on sauces and stuff. Good stuff. I'm with waiting, man. Mac and cheese. I can eat mac and cheese. Mac and Love cheese it. and pizza. I can eat those two things over there. I need to go with one of those. Really? Oh, it sounds like an opportunity. You guys will have one. What's on you? Ooh.
1: Come out and see it Eat some mac and cheese. <laughs> What's your favorite vacation spot? Dude. I know this is gonna sound crazy, but the older I get, I don't care where it's at as long as I got my as long as I got my littles with me and my wife. Like I love it. That's just hit the road incredible. and go. Now I do like we do like outdoors. So I'll say rock climbing with the family.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I messaged you the other day. You mentioned you were going out on the hike. You guys are y'all close to like uh, like I, I, is, is is Missouri like where you're at? You guys out a lot of outdoor stuff, or is it like more flat or? I'm not really familiar with the topography. It's
1: pretty flat. You know, it's pretty flat, especially when you get into Kansas. We have a foot, I don't know what they're called, foothills or whatever they're called here. So it is a little bit, but you get it, uh, Arkansas is now our South. And so there's a ton of bike trails and trail systems and Walmart headquarters is there. So the infrastructure there has just been built up like crazy over the last 15 years. And there is so much to do outside.
0: So. I love it. Yeah, I love you mentioned all six. All six. Are you sure all six? you pick, like, two of them. you pick two of them like, as long as I got my favorite two.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah I can't go. climb with all six, though, unfortunately. <laughs> so, like, te- it's- All
0: right, next, question. Which one's your favorite kit? No, that's not That's not yeah. a good question. All right.
1: <laughs> next. You will a beat up, man. <laughs> yeah, they could take you, too, man. You're outnumbered I by did, quite a bit. <laughs> I got two boys that are much bigger than me. And <laughs> why? Hey, but they know—they know they can't take. It. They're much bigger than me. But come on, let's i got the dad strength, bro. They can't do. They can't. Do that. How old are your kids? Uh, what's the range? What do you got? What's the range? Yeah, it's from eleven. So we have got 11, 14, 20, 21. No, 20, <laughs> 20 twenty-two, twenty. You're looking. Are you 25? looking at something right now? Do you look at up? <laughs> You know, the next question was gonna be, "How do you remember all of those kids?" I love you. I love you so much. Daddy's not good with numbers. You know, you know this. I, I hope I'm not getting in, in trouble. Well, well,
0: you know what? If you want me to edit this out, I don't want you to get beat
1: up and get home. I don't want anybody. To get, I, don't I don't want know. you to get the look. <laughs> Keep
0: it in there, bro. Keep it in there. They I don't know. know how you do it, six kids, man. I told my wife, too. I, I just, man, too. It was, I, I could. If I would have had my second kid first, I wouldn't have had two yeah. kids that the problem should I have. That well, to be the fair, parents
1: it. blended family. <laughs> But we'll get okay, to, yeah. you know, it's all, yeah. yeah. But that, it's in mind forever.
0: Yeah, that's all good, man. It doesn't matter. All right. What's your favorite design tool that is not Figma? Oh Gosh,
1: man. You know, the design for, pre- I, I tell my guys all the time, like, seeing them work in Figma anymore, I'm just like, I learned Figma when it, you know, dude, it's so, I can't even keep up, dude. So I will I can't have to go to outside of Figma. Why don't I go to Corel Draw? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Getting it old school, baby. See, those are people listening, uh, Corel, what? Who is Corel? Yeah,
1: no, you know what I really love? I've been I've been geeking out on the old iPad lately with the. Uh, it's not the one everybody uses. It's the Adobe Fresco because you can make logos like oh, you cool. can draw in vector. Oh wow, Pretty that's
0: cool!
1: Really cool. I've never seen that. Yeah,
0: that's on an iPad. Yeah, I got to get myself one of those iPads with the pen. Man, it's uh, the iPad yeah, Pro. Yeah, dude.
1: They said they just. I look at them I'm like, oh, holy crap, that is so cool. Um, I've never been able to sketch. It's so fun that Adobe Fresco. you can literally draw. It's crazy though, to draw in vectors. So like you're drawing your logos in vector and like you get to, it's crazy. Yeah. So it's a lot of fun.
0: You mentioned earlier that you, you know, you grew up with, with charcoal and watercolor and all that stuff. I never did any of this stuff. I didn't even think about becoming a designer until I was in my twenties. So I, I can't draw really? to save my life, man, which is partly why I don't have the, I, I, it's like, what am I spending all this money on? I'm like, you me the waste of money. Nah, <laughs> but, uh, whatever, you know, I can't, uh, I can't, maybe I'd use it for like scribble.io or, or, or uh, Pictionary Online or
1: stuff. <laughs> but... Hey, you know what? That's a great point. It's because of your viewers, man. Like they have to know you made a great point right there. Like you are somebody without the natural artistic gift to draw and do whatever, Right. I think there's a misnomer. There's a, there's a belief that like, especially within UI, you have to be the, what I would just consider. We call them here. We call them the creatives and the productions, like whatever, right? Production people and creative people in this company, nobody is more important. We all have our own role. Everybody wants to be like the uber creative person, but dude, like I did too, but I wasn't the most creative person out there. Right. Just wasn't so. All of these roles are so important to product that like it doesn't matter. Like in the day agency world, bro, like you remember is like if you were the Uber creative, like I mean, that's how you kind of came up the ranks. Like if you had the most creative ideas and you were the most creative in product, do a really good job, always focus on the goals, have user-centric design, ensure you test, rinse, repeat, easy, let's go, right? That means everybody that can stick to process and can, can do the creative thinking piece can do what we do. You know, it's that creative thinking piece. I tell people today, it's 80% UX, 20% design. When you really, really think about that overall picture of getting a successful product, let's front load that planning. Well, that means most of the work is done by creative thinkers, not necessarily creative doers. So, I just want to make that point.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree. I tell people too that we see it all the time, like UI design, visual design. Some people have it naturally, but others don't. Right. But that's all right. It's still a skill. You can get better at it over time. I can tell you right now, the designs I make today, one thousand way better than the ones I did twenty years ago. That's <laughs> so, right. So you know, it's uh, it's, Everybody gets better at it. It's just a matter of it's a that's of right. practice. It's a matter of having really great, yeah, uh, you know, examples of really great work. And copy it for a little while, and then you know, copy it, copy it till you understand the rules and we'll break it. But yeah, it's uh, it's something everybody should, everybody can do. I mean, if you have, if if you're listening out there and you're in the military, you feel like ah, oh, I'm not creative. I right? think again, because I think you can definitely can learn it. So, um, all right, I, I think that's it. I that's a great way to end this. I think we're done. We've been talking for a little bit. I know you got to run in a little bit and got to lunch. I don't want to make it late. Yeah. That's Yo it. All right. Uh, before we get out of here, you want to give a shout out to Midwestern? You want to give a, where can we find you and all that jazz? Give yourself a shout out.
1: Oh, yeah. I'd love to, man. Thank you, dude. I'd love of course. to. Um, BuildMidwestern.com. We just lost our new site, so don't judge us. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, there may be, is there grammar errors on there? I'm not the spell checker, okay? <laughs> um, and uh, no, we just lost a new site, dude. We had an amazing year this last year it's all around relationships the reason for our growth is relationships dude It's the only reason we do good work we do amazing work right but works just half of it when you're talking about embedded roles you have to work with the people too right like you have to show up and be you know be present and and so i just say man i'm excited about what we're doing this year's gonna be crazy we've got a, a an amazing team of engineers product designers and support roles, everything from motion to illustration. And we've embedded with some of the biggest com- companies we never thought we'd be able to work for over the last couple of years. And, and honestly, I think Testament's relationship. So again, if you're listening out there, build those relationships. They are the most valuable thing that you could have as a young designer for sure. Um, and that's what we're doing here, man, build relationships and see where this baby goes. Oh,
0: yeah. I, love it, well, I wish you guys the best of luck. You're all doing good things and, and I appreciate all your insight today, man. That was awesome. Well, all right, y'all. I think that's it for Andrew and I for today. I hope we help everybody out there that's thinking about transitioning from the military or anything related to something like that into the software, creative industry, whatever you want to call this thing. Um, I hope we help shed some light on that. Um, I'm curious, anybody that's out there that transitioned from the military into the software of creative industry, what challenges did you run into? I'd love to know. I'm sure Andrew would too. Find us on LinkedIn. Let us know or shoot me an email at hello at thearnyexdesign.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you like what you heard today, don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you feel like you're getting something out of the show, I would love it if you left a five-star review. Not just five stars, I'm talking about a couple sentences. Apple loves that stuff and so do I. Uh, if you know somebody who might find any of this stuff useful, why don't you tell them about it? That'd be fantastic. If I'm going to help keep the show independent and ad-free, check out those Patreon sponsor packages at beyondnewexdesign.com slash support. You can join Chris, Siraquan, Stacey, Radu, and Megan by supporting the show as little as $3 a month. And there's some sweet perks like that badass holographic Beyond UX Design sticker. You can get a shout-out on the show every week. There even a package to meet with me for 30 minutes every month. Don't forget to sign up for the newsletter and check out all the past episodes at BeyondUXDesign.com. I hope keep coming back for more great UX tips from Beyond UX Design. And until next time, remember, you're more than a designer because the more UX actually design, the more realm they get it all.